Hey, y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McCamini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by black women and for black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? Well, actually, welcome, welcome to the table C. How you doing, girl? <laughs> well, it's okay. You can give a little clue that there is a third person at the table today. And I, and I am doing, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's Friday. And hey. uh, starting on like Wednesday, I'm I'm looking forward to Fridays. I'm like, it is fr- it's Friday <laughs> Eve Eve on Wednesday, and then on Thursday is Friday <laughs> Eve. So you know, I'm serious about my weekend, Saints. I'm serious about it. How are How are you doing, E? I'm good. You know, I pressed my way through the snow today. Got made it Come to on. the gym. You know, Come so on. I'm good. Now my my day is set. So I I am really good. Now now see, tell us where, where where's Michelle at now? Where's Michelle? Oh, you know, Carmen San Diego is is where is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she, you know, she's she, she's somewhere fighting for, fighting for justice and thinking about how to love her neighbors well, especially the ones that we choose to ignore. So, as always, yeah. listeners, remember to lift up our dear sister Michelle in prayer as she continues to do social and political advocacy work um, fueled by love and justice. So, keep her in prayer. Amen. Amen. Now you know when Michelle's absent from the table. That means we got third person present. Yes, we do. Table. Yes, we do. And it means that we're doing an interview, not just any old interview. Mm-hmm, though. This mm-hmm. is Black okay. Girl Magic interview. Cue the charm. Hey, hey, and hey, so, hey! The <laughs> special, the magical Black sister at the table with us today is Natasha Sis Drunk Robinson. Welcome to the table, sis. What's up? <laughs> oh, really? You go hit us with the what's up? I love her. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank you for coming to the table. Thank you. Man, I'm so glad to be here. I can't even tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, full, full disclaimer, y'all better get ready for a lot of cackles today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please some, get ready. Some people get come ready. on here, and we we just we, we know we gonna cut up. We already know. We, we know. We know we from the beginning. Hey. Natasha was talking about she was waiting her turn to get to the table. I was, like, Girl. I, was, look, I was praying to Jesus. I was like, come Lord on, Jesus, when is it gonna be my turn? Amen. <laughs> well, look, look. As I said before, I was like, look. Well, I consider me to be Donna Lawrence, and I'm telling you, it's, it's your time. Hey. It's your time. <laughs> Come get your inheritance, sis. <laughs> it's your season. It's your day. <laughs> it is. Oh, golly. Yeah. That's anointing. Mm. All right. Mm. So, look. Okay. So, just in Come case on. y'all don't know who Natasha's sister, Robinson E. is, I don't know how that is. But just in case, no. let me tell y'all a little bit something about our sister. Um, Natasha's sister, Robinson, is an international speaker, leadership consultant, diversity and mentoring coach with nearly 20 years of leadership experience in the military, federal mm. government church, seminary, and nonprofit sectors. She be doing all the things, y'all. Oh, wow. uh, she is <laughs> she is the author of A Sojourner's Truth, Choosing Freedom and Courage in a Divided World, Mentor for Life, and its accompanying Leaders Training Manual. Mm-hmm. And the hope for us, knowing God through the Nicene Creed mm. Bible study. Come on with this on orthodoxy. With yes, orthodoxy. <laughs> which, which, which means faithfulness to what God mm. has for the, us. Mm. Well, amen. Let me contextualize that because lately, you know, we've been confused about what orthodoxy means. Go ahead, carry on. Help, help <laughs> us, okay? Uh, uh, we already going in on her bio. Okay. I know on the so, bio. I got, I got sermonettes about bios over here. Sermonettes on bio. Help us, so God. So help us. 
Help us, Holy Ghost. Okay, she is the visionary founder and chairperson of the 501c3 nonprofit Leadership Links, Inc. Natasha is a doctoral student Lord, at North Park Theological Seminary Lovely. and a graduate of Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina, and the U.S. Naval Academy. She has served as a Marine Corps officer and employee at the Department of Homeland Security. Natasha is also the host of a Sojourner's Truth Conversations for a Changing mm -hmm. Culture podcast. Welcome to the table, Natasha. So glad to have you here with us. Glad to be here. Thank y'all so much. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. So I don't even, I mean, I just, I want to ask you like all the things. I mean, goodness. But and like. That bio, did that bio make you tired, Natasha, when she was reading all of that? <laughs> that's that's my first question. Are you tired from reading all that you got going on in your life? Or are you inspired? Oh. How do you feel about that bio? <laughs> I, I I tell you what. I have been uh, prayed many of Galatians 5, Lord, mm. be not thou weary in well-doing. Mm. Uh, I pray <laughs> But I will also tell you, I I have loved this journey. And I have loved this mm. life, life, and I particularly have loved um, the people that I've been able to do this life with. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. And you know, and yeah, you know, you talk about, you know, that journey and just like obviously the way that God has met you on those that journey and and really your book, A Sojourner's Truth, mm -hmm. um, Choosing Freedom and Courage in a Divided World, buy our book, y'all. Yeah. Um, it, it's about your your own journey. Tell us, tell us why you wrote the book, um, and 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 how you think it will speak to our sisters at the table. Yeah, so I wrote let me say this. I was working on another book project. I was writing a book about uh, women and power, which is basically going to be a leadership book um, because that's a whole nother thing we could talk about later. But Hello. Um, mm -hmm. this book that just came out, A Sojourner's Truth, that's the book that started to keep me up at night. And so everyone mm. who writes, they have like different writing practices. And for me, like my writing kind of goes download from the Holy Spirit and don't sleep. And that's kind of what was happening to me mm -hmm. for like months on. And so that start, started turning into a lot of sticky notes, which turned into eventually the book. And for me, I found the process of writing this book very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. I was very, you know, I'm telling my life and leadership journey alongside Moses and the Exodus narrative. And so um, in doing that, I also get the opportunity to share about the history and the story of of black people in America. Mm. And so um, I, I I did that for, um, I think the church just needed to hear, and I write about this in the preface, uh, different narratives of, of, of women, but also of people of color. And they needed us mm -hmm. to tell our own stories. They didn't need other people telling you about us. Like, like we, mm. need, we need to, to mm -hmm. tell our own stories. And I also believe pretty firmly that men and women, we are like past time for men and women to be leading together mm -hmm. to advance the kingdom of God. And so that's like my premise of that, just the, the whole leadership, the character development, the spiritual formation of, mm -hmm. of any Christian or any person who's reading the book. For women of color and black women in particular, I believe that this journey um, through this book is going to be uh, very healing and very encouraging to them. Um, I break the book up into four parts, kind of like the, mm -hmm. the formation, history, wilderness, and redemption. But in the redemption part, I talk a lot about how we choose to live, how we choose to build, how we choose to heal, how we choose to love, mm. and how we choose to mm. live redeemed. Mm. So, Hey, go buy mm. the book, y'all. Um, Natasha, I was thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking about the unique mm. the unique vantage point. It's, it's a burden to be a person that people assume yeah 
don't don't have you know don't, you don't have leadership capability and capacity, right? And so women, people of color, people who have uh, uh, certain dis- disabilities, just a variety of things that make us assume like okay, that that person wouldn't be forefront. And so I tend to think that those people who represent those identities and multi multi layered identities actually are the ones who have had to finesse and develop leadership in unorthodox ways and and sometimes end up having more leadership muscle and capacity because they've had to do greater work and develop greater skill to get there. But for those of us who love to study the topic mm-hmm. of leadership, can you give us your inspired definition of what leadership is? When you say it's, it's time for us to lead together, what like how do you, how do you describe that for the folks who don't have a good old handle of what it does mean what it, what it means to be a leader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think uh, leadership has a, a lot of definitions. And I I want to say that specifically when we're talking to women, because I think all of us are trained um, to think about leadership in one particular way. Right. And so if we don't look like that thing, then we say, I'm not leading. Mm-hmm. And so I just did a podcast recording actually talking about mentorship and motherhood as leadership. Absolutely. Right. So any anytime you have influence, that's leadership. Anytime when you mm-hmm. have, um, when you're taking the initiative, that's leadership. Anytime when you are being strategic in your planning, um, that's leadership. Anytime you're building stuff, you know, that's leadership. And so that looks, uh, when you're creating, that's leadership. And so I think that influence and, you know, that's a really big part of it, but taking action, I think is important, you know, it's a really big part of it as well, because there are people who are talking about leadership, but they're not really doing stuff. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Indeed. Well, that's a read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and let, and let me end it on this note. <laughs> I love how black, black women, we will slip well, in a it's read a part, at any moment. Well, it's a part of the know. educational process, okay? Because we got to yeah. prepare the ground <laughs> yeah. so that you might receive what we have to say. So mm-hmm. sometimes a read is necessary mm-hmm. to till the soil. I received that. <laughs> this is true. You know, I do, I'm not dovetailing from the leadership, you know, um, uh, definition, if you will, the way you define or conceptualize it. I'm wondering what, uh, with your 20 years of plus experience with mentoring, mm-hmm. I wonder, do you make um, a distinction between mentorship and discipleship? Do you mm-hmm. define those differently? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, differently. Yeah. And if so, how do you define both or are they same to you? That's a really good question. So I define it differently depending on my audience. Mm. And so one of the things you would see from my bio mm. is that yeah. I have mm-hmm. I have had uh, quite a bit of professional experience um, in mm-hmm. you know different environments. And so if I'm talking about mentorship in that environment, I'm not talking about discipleship necessarily. I'm talking okay. about, I'm talking about you know how are you. Um, um, training someone, teaching someone, uh, giving someone an opportunity to practice to become a certain thing. And so I do believe that mentorship, regardless of the community or the environment, is a very important aspect and a tool of Mm -hmm. leadership. And so the way I was trained at the Naval Academy, that you can't call yourself a leader if you're not mentoring people. And so it was built into mm-hmm. our leadership mm-hmm. development that that if you mm-hmm. are to lead, then you first must learn how to follow. And so that means you're being mentored by someone. And then eventually, a- as you learn how to follow, then you would eventually lead someone, which means that you're also mm-hmm. mentoring someone. And so a- as far as we were concerned and how we were trained is if you were not mentoring, you cannot consider yourself a great leader. So that's one thing. Now, when I am talking about mentoring, 
mentorship within the context of the church. I want to be very mm. particular about that because I talk about it as intentional yeah. discipleship. And the reason why I mm. talk about it in that way is because, again, me coming from a professional arena, like uh, people were talking about mentorship all the time. They understood the seriousness of it. They understood it was important for their bottom line. It, they understood it was important to get their mission accomplished. And so sure. we have this thing called discipleship, like which is basically becoming a student, a follower, a learner of Jesus Christ. And the mm -hmm. problem is that I've been in the church all of my life. I was raised in a church in different <coughs> Christian contexts. And I rarely heard people talking about discipleship. Even, mm -hmm. even, even all throughout my life and even in the church um, as an adult, I did not hear people talking about discipleship. And so my mm -hmm. choice of the word mentorship was to start where people were where, with a word that they was more familiar with from the culture and walk mm -hmm. them to a place biblically where we want them to be, which is to be following Jesus as disciples. And so I outlined that yeah. very clearly and very specifically um, in my book, Mentor for Life. That's good. Very wise yeah. too. And so I'm wondering, so since it, it kind of um, coming off of what you just said about how, you know, in, in your church settings growing up, you know, you really, there wasn't much talk about discipleship. I'm wondering in your view, um, just considering the climate in the present times, do you think there is a crisis of discipleship? And if so, what, what, what can be done, <clears throat> you know, to, uh, to, to, to fix that? Right. Uh, yes, is the short answer to your question. Um, and I think to <laughs> expound upon it a little bit, um, I love mm -hmm. going back to the Lausanne Covenant. And the Lausanne Covenant, uh, what they say is that the global church, the whole church is charged. So the whole church taking the whole yeah. gospel to the whole world. Right. That, mm -hmm. that is the charge. Right. And so mm -hmm. when I break that down, I'm like, OK, in what ways is the whole church doing this? And so our Western Western culture as well. Discipleship is something that the pastor does or the discipleship pastor does. Mm. And so the whole church mm -hmm. is not taking responsibility of that. And that is all of our mm. fault. Right. And so I want to um, think about that. Like, who are we empowering, encouraging, training, educating to make disciples? Right. So I think that's one thing. So we're not mm -hmm. doing it for the whole church. Like That's not an expectation for every single person that identifies as a Christian, which is biblical. Right. So I think the whole church mm. piece is a problem and then the whole gospel mm. piece is a problem because i think so much of how we've been taught is about personal piety right it's just me and the lord and and yeah. then i'm gonna get my quiet time mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna pray and i'm gonna read my bible and look mm -hmm. the basics still work let me be clear about that we do Come need on. to do the basics they do they do need to pray and read their bible every day however that is not what it's yeah. all about right because jesus says this mm -hmm. whole gospel thing and how he lived it was about this great commission as we're going as we are baptizing as we're teaching people to obey to make disciples so in your day-to-day -day life you should be making disciples number one that's the great commission and the greatest commandment mm -hmm. is to mm -hmm. love God and to love your neighbor. This is where we start talking about justice and not just mm -hmm. charity work, right? This is why we start talking about, you know, how do how do we how do we change systems, right? How do we change systems, right? So, so all these things come on. So, so the whole the whole church, the whole church, the whole gospel, and the whole world. And the problem with America, the thing we have to disciple ourselves out of as Christians in America, is that we think we so great. Like, mm. like, so in America, there's a pride yeah. that is built into yeah, our I'm culture that tells us that we are better than everybody else. And so what that means is mm. that we're not looking to the global church. Wow. We're not learning from the global church. And I'm going to tell you, when the church is growing in Asia and Africa, I submit that we need to be paying attention to what's mm. going on over there and not deciding what's good for God's global church by what we think is right here. All right. So, so, <clears throat> so, oh, uh oh. 
You better go ahead. Let's, come so, on. So you better come from. Yes, please go ahead. Go she on. woke up this morning with her mind stayed on Jesus. And coming against colonization. And coming against paternalism. Or us either. Hello. <clears throat> oh my God. I, I, do, I just Don't do love you. Um, I do. I do. I do. I do. Every bit of that. Every bit of that. To stir up these dry bones. You know, you, when you blow us back, you know you don't say some things. And we love you. Like, like, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say that. Say that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I am so glad that you talked about the the way yeah the way that you just phrased that the the whole gospel mm. the whole church yeah. and and for us to humble ourselves and to learn mm. from you mm. know the, the the beautiful christian diaspora yeah. right come on and um mm-hmm. it's so, so incredibly important I, I i think there's also a a, a unique mm. dynamic that women of color have to offer black mm-hmm. women specifically about black women mm-hmm. uh, have mm-hmm. have to offer um and mm-hmm the capacity of influence and leadership. And at the same time, there's also this um, mulification, this um, overstretching mm-hmm. and overextension of black women. And so I, mm-hmm. I wanted to have you talk a little bit about cross-cultural mentorship, as well as mm-hmm. uh, maybe give some insights around how people can, black women can protect themselves when they end up being a bit overly used in the capacity of, of mentorship. Well, I think two things. Number one, you have to learn this power of the word no. Amen. Right? Like, I, I, I don't have to show up for you. Yeah. I don't owe you anything. That's that's number one. And so okay. if I do that, it's because the Lord has called me to it and I choose to. And you will pay me well to do that. Okay. So that's number that, one. Okay. And, 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 and <laughs> receive this word. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also the the downfall, and and this is about you know our environment of white supremacy or whatever. The thinking that what's what's white is always better, and okay. so this idea is that you know mm-hmm. when we get invited places, um, that. One, we're going to say yes. Two, we're going to take uh, uh, less pay because, you know, you think you're doing us a favor and not the other way around. And then and then three, this mm-hmm. whole idea mm-hmm. of um, people think that we we they under they de- they don't value what we bring to the table and what we have to offer. And so it, the problem with that is, yeah. though, is that most of the time we, we have more diverse experiences and, and we've learned not just by the reading and the education, which we do, by the way, but also by the experience. Right. And so there's a lot more value to what we bring because of the things that we've had to encounter on the journey to stay faithful, or, you know, over a extended period of time with integrity. Right. And so um, sure. when, we, when mm-hmm. we understand that and know that about ourselves, then I think it, we can be more discerning about what we say yes to and what we say no to. And, and to say, is this a mutually beneficial and healthy relationship and or event or encounter, right? And, and I say this too, is that um, we are past time for our brothers and sisters that are in the majority culture now um, or dominant group now that they, are, they will miss out tremendously if they are not getting mentored um, by people of color, if they are not reading people of color, if they are not listening and hearing the voices of people of color through podcasts or speaking or, you know, whatever, submitting to the leadership of a pastor who's a person of color, they are missing out tremendously. Mm. And, and I think the, part of the reason that mm. they're missing out in that is that the, they've been they've been socialized into thinking that whenever a person of color is leading something, it's only for people of color. It's not for them. 
Right. Right. And so, you know, I can think mm-hmm. about like my nonprofit. We have mostly African-American girls um, in the program, but we are not a ministry just for African-American people. But people who are not African-American, particularly white people, they're not used put to putting themselves in an environment where they are in the minority. Right. And so and yeah, my what true. I submit is it is a part of your spiritual formation if you love Jesus to, to, to do this mm. work. Mm. Because we as mm. people of color, we have learned how to do it just as a matter of survival. Right. And then and then as a matter of spiritual mm. formation. And so in the same way that we are doing the work, then you are also required to do the work. You cannot mm. be going to heaven and getting your crowns off of my homework. Mm. And, and, and off of my wilderness experience Uh-oh. and off of, and off of my sacrifice Uh-oh. and off of my, my, my stuff. Oh, Hello. Ooh, I wasn't ready. <laughs> yes. That is a word. <laughs> that is a word. Now, let me tell you something. If is the littlest, biggest little word. And I, and when you talk about spiritual formation, mm-hmm. I'm actually curious about your own um, mm-hmm. spiritual formation, um, Natasha. Like, tell us a little bit about because I, I know <laughs> you you preaching right here on this yeah. podcast, and you yeah. and you whipped out the King James. I was like, come on, be thou. So, Queen James. Queen <laughs> so James. talk to us about your um your own your own how you came to uh, there you go yeah. how you came to faith talk to, to us about how you came to yeah. faith you said you were in church all your life i'm curious to hear a bit, yeah. a bit about so your own um i i grew up in a church actually um i did not have a personal relationship with the lord um my family we grew up in the mm-hmm. methodist church and then my mother um decided my junior or senior year of high school um they, they moved to another city and they started going to a traditional baptist church and so my mother her name is sally um she decided that she was gonna get serious with the lord and then she was gonna get baptized and so she was like sally and she was like lydia sally and her whole household got baptized and so everybody you know we we did we did that and so it wasn't mm-hmm. and so i was mm-hmm. i feel i say i was jesus proximate like i was close enough to know like how to call on him when i was in trouble and and not and, and close enough to know not to say foolish stuff yeah. out of my lips but i wasn't really following him wholeheartedly yeah. you understand yeah. Yeah. yes we and understand so i got to um, <laughs> i got accepted into college at the naval academy and so the naval academy was sending me to um the preparatory school which is in newport rhode island and so my family didn't have a lot of money and and my dad who raised me um he was just a very strong tough guy very loving and gentle at home uh, but i knew without a shadow of a mm-hmm. doubt if anybody came at me wrong they would have to deal with my daddy i had no worries in my life in that regard but my daddy was not mm-hmm. going with me mm-hmm. right and here i was a very tiny mm-hmm. i was like zero pounds literally like i was size zero when i left to go to college mm-hmm. so i was a tiny wow. you know black girl and i was raised in the south and so i knew you know i knew i'm like this is very uncomfortable and it felt unsafe and unsure to go out into a big world like that on, on my own. And so I remember mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. in the airplane and this is why I consider my, 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 my real transformation. And I had done prayed and been baptized a lot before then. Let me tell you, I've been sprinkled and dipped in Jesus name and oh, living in the rain and, and, and <laughs> Jesus name, in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. I don't cover all the bases. So I, I'm, 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 I'm covered all the way. And so, <laughs> Here's the thing. So I, I, like, I did all the things. I did all the things because I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, you know. Oh, so they was at. Come on, I'm, I'm not sure. So I'm gonna oh, do all the I things. Know about that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got in the airplane. I remember, and I, I put, I put Kurt Franklin mm. in my ear. Um, more, more than conquerors. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. And so my my my, my oh, prayer to Jesus, yes. which was a yes. selfish prayer, was like, look, like really, like I need you, right, to keep me. <laughs> and if you keep me, mm-hmm. then I will follow you. Right. That that was really the prayer, really. Mm. And I and I listened to Kurt Franklin and fell asleep on the plane. And and since then I have been walking with, with the Lord faithfully. So I was eighteen then. And and it's very interesting. So my, my spiritual formation, so I say this already been Methodist, already traditional Baptist, all of those were mm-hmm. African American churches. And then and then I got into college mm-hmm. and I got exposed to like yep. Pentecostal people. These yep. are people that were praying, praying with expectations mm-hmm. of God gonna do something, yes. like God would yes. heal something and speaking yes. in tongues and with with interpretation according to uh first uh, Corinthians chapter 14 and then you know like they're doing all these things right come on <laughs> and so i'm the Holy Spirit to move and right. do something in your day-to-day life. And so mm-hmm. I experienced that. I watched that. I started, you know, praying and fasting like for the first time. I mean, so I, I started learning those things. And then when I got to the Naval Academy, so now I got the Pentecostal stuff a lot, you know, these Kurdic, apostolic, all them people, like those were my people. And so then I got to the Naval Academy and I was still going to churches like that because you go to churches where people who have cars go to church. And so I was on the gospel choir and the people on the gospel choir that had cars that's the kind of churches they were going to mm. and so those are the churches i was going to but i started to intentionally disciple by a, a white mm. middle-class presbyterian woman and that woman mm. taught me the mm. word she taught me the word and mm. that's when i fell in love with the word and she discipled me for about five years from freshman year freshman summer summer of my freshman year between my freshman and sophomore year all the way through my first um, year after graduation and so um and so that she wow. taught me the love of the word and so you know ever since then and so i spent some time in southern baptist churches i spent some time now we're in a non-denominational um uh, multi-ethnic church and so that's just been so all of those things god has used to shape me. Of course, I went to Gordon-Conwell professionally, but as far as my day-to-day spiritual formation, I want to speak to that a little bit because I think it's important because people doing this stuff yeah, and they be sure, like, oh, please. you know, they want, they think they want to do oh, what you oh, do and oh, got what oh, you got oh, and they've oh. been through what you've been through. You understand? And so, and so, well, so, well, a lot of, it's a read. I'm just, you know, a <laughs> lot of my um, spiritual formation, it looks different depending on what season that the Lord has me in, but mm. I am a Bible person. Like I love the word of God. Um, I, I love, um, Yes, you do, because yeah. you be posting on your social media. A Good word, morning, I, a word from I the Lord. The word I'm like, God, yes. right? And so I'm, I'm holding, I'm holding very dear to I that. Love it. And then you know, and prayer is is such an important part. Intercession and being with people who know how to pray is an important part of that that journey as well. Being in community with other believers and that has looked different as well. Um, but that's very, very, very important. And like you said, like we church loving people. So, so I. I do believe in in going to yes. church and having membership and all that, and so we're um, that's been that's been important mm-hmm. to my family, um, at, at, for us. And I think uh, the last things I want to speak to about the, the importance of, of of the spiritual disciplines, particularly as people of color who are trying to be faithful mm. over a long period of time. You know, the discipline of, of right. rest, Sabbath keeping. I, I do I do keep Sabbath because um, mm. I need I need right. to right mm-hmm. I need to, mm-hmm. and it's hard out here. Mm. Natasha, so, what does that look oh, like for you to keep Sabbath? Because I, yeah, I want, so Sunday, yeah, if you can unpack Sabbath that. Sabbath is my Sunday. You can pick another day. It's just whatever worked for you. But for me, Sabbath is my Sunday. So for me, that mm-hmm. means that, uh, you know, normally we're going to church and I may get to church on time and I may not, depending on how I feel that. 
So that's 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 part of the okay. Sabbath, right? Like I'm not stressing <laughs> to be to church on time in Jesus' name, but I will get there, and I will get, I will go, I will get there, hey. and I will get there before the sermon is over. Woo. Amen. So look, look. So CP time don't take no look, break on Sabbath. It's just that look. that is a part of it because I might need a nap early hey. on Sunday morning, hey. and that might be important. Hey. So so me. so I do I do go to church every single Sunday that I am home. Hey, hey, I may not be on real talk, in Jesus time. Real talk. <laughs> so then, <laughs> but the Lord is on time. God is, God is on time, and we and pray. Then <laughs> I um I love to eat, and so I eat well. Um, you know, because so we normally go out to eat, mm-hmm. like because I, I don't like cooking. I love to eat. I don't like to cook, and so I don't. I don't Okay, <laughs> you are you are tearing me up right now. So, so I go somewhere to eat. I go out to eat. I go out to eat on Sunday. That's why we do. We go out to eat on Sundays, and then after we go out to right. eat, then you know, and, and that's the thing. Like Saturday is a Sunday is a day that we don't have a like. I don't have a schedule, right? So if somebody say to me, "Hey, you want to go do something?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can go do that." You know, I might go window shopping. I might, you know, come on the couch and watch a movie. I might go to movies. I might take a nap. Mm-hmm. I might, you know, dance with my daughter. But I don't have a schedule, right? And so it's, it's very much whatever mm-hmm. we feel like doing that day. But it's not work. And anything that's perceived as work. So it could, for me, be like folding clothes because I'm watching movies. So folding clothes does not feel like work to mm-hmm. me because I'm watching movies, right? Um, and so that's that. And then and then on Sunday evening, if I'm home, because sometimes I'm traveling, then that's when I will kind of, quote unquote, break Sabbath, like after dark and, and start scheduling, mm-hmm. you know, planning um, for the rest of the week. Hey, yeah. I love it. So, yeah. um, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. you know, right. we are the, you know, Sabbath is for us. It's not for the Lord. Right. So, um, we are the one that need rest right. and a reminder right. that right. Christ has mm-hmm. done all the work on our behalf and that, uh, we are to reflect his goodness that Amen. he's already secured. So that, that peacefulness yeah. of I'm not in a rush on Sunday. Yeah. That's, that's the word. Um, um, right. <laughs> although I'll hey. miss my husband opening the service if I'm late every hey. Sunday, and sometimes that does happen. <laughs> so, but you know, you, it's confessions, <laughs> real talk, real talk, real talk. But you know, I was thinking about your your story of coming to faith, Natasha, and I I'm still struck by that. If we can just loop back really quickly yeah. to the, your your story of faith, sure. the, what God has providentially yeah, sure. knit together for you reflects. What you said even before that about um, the whole, you know, the full mm-hmm. gospel for the full world, you know, like that that everybody's involved in your story of that's so mm-hmm. cross denominational that involves uh, people of different, yeah, uh, you know, identified right. racial and ethnic backgrounds. Um, God using all those people at work in your life to build yep. you up. Somebody's probably listening right now, thinking like, man, I, I would love for that to be my story, and I would love, I would love mentorship. I feel like I need to be mentored. And, and to be honest with you, I'm a person who just reached out to somebody about a week ago and asked them very intentionally, like, would you, would you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, provide time and wisdom mm-hmm. and prayer to, to help me, to, to help guide me. And, I, and as a person, mm-hmm. people reach out to ask me that as well. I, I want to know for, from you, what's your advice to the people who are listening and thinking like, I do need mentorship. I want someone to speak into my life. How do I, how do I go about that? And, and how do mm-hmm. I discern who would be a good mentor and what is yes. my obligation to them? Sure. Sure. Very, very good questions. Uh, and thank you so much for asking them. Um, I, so I wrote an article. Uh, I, I believe you searched my name and, and I think the title of the article is, Are You My Mentor? 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on Christianity Today. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on Christianity <laughs> Today. So take a look at that. But the short, the short answer I would say mm-hmm. is that um, do ask, do ask for what you what you think you need and what you think you want, and to have that honest conversation up front, and to also have conversations mm-hmm. about expectations. Like, what is your expectation of this person? What is this person's expectations of you? I think you also want to have mm-hmm. conversation about um, commitment. Like, so um, just for example, one of my mentees, I am committed to her for one hour from nine to 10 Eastern um, on Mondays. And so normally I, we do not miss that time. If I am traveling or something else comes up, I will let her know that in advance and we will reschedule. If she sleeps in and she's 20 minutes into it, then she don't get 60 minutes. She gets 40, right? Because, mm-hmm. because I have allotted Uh-oh. this time for yeah. you. And if you don't mm-hmm. show up during that time, that's on you. And I'm not going to reschedule. You know, I'm not going to reschedule all my life yeah, because, you know, too. because you overslept. Mm. So um, we have so, so expectations is important. Time commitment and, and commitment is very important because it's honoring. Right. It's honoring. And it says to the person that I respect you and I honor you and I appreciate I'm grateful for how you are investing in me in this way. And so I think starting with those basic things like what are your needs, expectations, um, what are their expectations of you? And 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 then to, to just start. Right. And then then you will realize and maybe this is a six month thing. Maybe it's a year thing. Maybe it's a lifelong thing. And you won't know until you get into it. But I think having those mm-hmm. honest conversations up front would be really, really helpful before the relationship starts. Mm, very good. Very good. Yeah. Now tell me, um, uh, talk, uh, Natasha, you, you mentioned leadership links. Can you talk to us about what leadership links is and, you know, how our listeners can, you know, learn more about it or possibly sure. get involved? Sure. Leadership Links is my nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit. Our mission is to offer leadership education that facilitates impactful living, character, and spiritual development. And so we develop leaders holistically. Um, Right now, we are focusing uh, most of our programming on middle and high school girls. Most of those girls are um, of African descent. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because even the the fact that we are raising up the next generation of leaders and seeing that those leaders are black women, um, that's a radical thing to say. Right. And we're doing that unapologetically. And so that's just where we started. We're only going into our fourth years. And so this is not the only targeted group that we would have or the only program that we're having Mm -hmm. right now. We offer a year long mentoring program for them. We offer a week, uh, a one summer program, a walk in purpose leadership summer program for girls in the summer. And then we offer some, uh, you know, kind of what we call access and opportunities events throughout the year, including college preparation and um, getting them exposed and on college campuses. And then once a year, we offer what we call a leadership experience tour. So last year we took them to um, Atlanta in honor of the 50th anniversary of Dr. MLK's birthday. And so we did quite a bit there with the King Center in partnership with the King Center. And this year we're getting ready to take them to um, Alabama, to Birmingham, Selma, um, Mm -hmm. Montgomery, and then we'll take them to the new, National Museum of Peace and Justice mm-hmm. that Brian Stevenson has mm-hmm. opened with the Equal Justice Institute. And so we're, right. we're preparing them holistically to be people. Um, what we like to say is that we're preparing 
Christian um, or these leaders to go out into the marketplace and specifically to become leaders in the areas of innovation, entrepreneurship, and uh, executive leadership. That's specifically what we are preparing them for. And so people can find out about it through our website at Leadership Links, L-I-N-K-S, stands for our mm-hmm. core values of love, inspiration, network, mm-hmm. knowledge, and service. So Leadership Links, Inc., I-N-C.org. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm assuming, Natasha, there's a way to, to donate or to sponsor or to extend talent and resources to the organization? Yes, ma'am. You could definitely donate there. Um, we are actually updating our website, our new term. So our new term start in February. And so we just started our new term. And so we're updating all our website okay. and events and all the stuff for the year. But yes, you can donate there. And all as we get new information, all of the stuff will be updated on our website and also our social media channels as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, um, it, it, that's, 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 that was my uh, subtle, gentle push to the listeners of <laughs> partner in this work um, that you're doing um, that's invested in uh, developing the future leaders. And we need, we have a, a leadership crisis. So um, now. a crisis of, 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 of people who are quick to use godly influence for the good yeah, of do. others. And so, um, but God can meet that need and he meets that need through people who are submitted to, to, to God. So um, thank you for letting us talk with you today. So we are, we're going to close it with uh, what we call force fun around here at um, the table. Force fun. Where Force we fun. Need a we need a jingle. We need a jingle. Force fun. Force fun. I'm like, can you work on that for us? I know. I know. But so so it's force fun. So we got we got a, a three question three question round for you. Uh oh. And and uh, my my first question for you is uh if we were to go into Natasha's car right now. And uh, whether it's the radio, I don't know how you got it hooked uh-huh. up, Spotify, whatever you got. Uh-huh. What what would you, what, what are you jamming to? Oh, right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I brought back the oldie of um, Lawrence Hill's second CD because people be sleeping on that second CD. And, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, um, right, the live one. So oh, the, yeah. aud- the audio quality is not great. Right, Lauren, Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, so, Lauren so, Hill, Lauren Hill. Right, right. So oh, the yeah, audio, the quality 2.0. is not yes, great, so. but the lyrics are everything. Right, and so I'm, I'm back listening oh, to that in my everything. car. But I always have, you know, some Lauren Hill, some Jill Scott, some Kurt Franklin, some Ty Tribute, like Mary J. Blige is a faithful. Um, you know, all, all, all these people. They are like my Mary. regulars: John Legend, Anthony Hamilton, Fantasia, people who actually can sing. Oh, I think that's that's important. That's important. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> another read. I can't find so far. The facts, but she <laughs> that that can feel like a read if you're ready, but she's stating facts. <laughs> you're right, yeah, though. You're right. Like, yeah, I want people who actually know how to well, say well, well. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, speaking of which, speaking of which, Come speaking on, of now. sangers. The next question is, one gotta go. Oh, okay. Anita, Mm -hmm. Aretha, Mm -hmm. Whitney. Mm -hmm. It's usually Shaka. Shade. Is that who we do, Christina? I think that's what. Oh. I'm sorry, Shaka. My bad. Let me tell you. Okay. (laughs) Anita. (laughs) Sorry, that was my Nigerian subconscious coming up. All right. So. Okay, uh, so Anita, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Aretha, this gives you more time to think. Anita, Aretha, mm-hmm. Whitney, mm-hmm. Shaka. And see. One gotta go. And they I, all can sing. Well, mm. right. But let me tell you. So I'm gonna get rid of Shaka. And Uh-oh. and and it's 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 really a bad thing, right? Because I why? feel why I'm gonna tell you why okay. because so many of her songs have been yes. redone, yes. which yes. is a credit to her geniusness. Yes, that's true. But I also feel like these are very few mm-hmm. times when the people who redo them do them better, right? Mm-hmm. So you think about like, like like Whitney Houston did "I'm Every Woman" and like Mary J. Blige did yeah. "I'm Going Down." You know what I'm saying? And it's so- Erica Badu did "Stay." Do you understand? Well, yeah. I don't know if Erica did that better, but yeah, so I, I so, so may I respect the shocker and I think it's a testament to her work that people want to redo her stuff, but I think that's where I would land is, uh, is to honor her, but I'm going to take her off the table because I hear her other things right. other well. Well done. Well done. Very, very, okay. very, very diplomatic as well. I received that. That's a really good answer. Right. <laughs> I would have been like, I oh, don't know. I just had to we, choose. We wind <laughs> through the whole process. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, so, here is, so here is the last question, <laughs> Natasha. Okay. Um, you had a superpower. Mm. You know, I'm a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Mm. Ah, I'm I'm a Marvel fan too, so I'm struggling a little bit. At first, my first thought without thinking was like to be invisible. That's why I thought, but like, because mm. like, you can be finding out stuff, because they be saying stuff behind closed doors that we need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but. I thought well, that, cool. you know, that's being invisible is not going to really help you. You get the knowledge, but you might not know what to do with it. So I need somebody. Yeah, on, right. Like who's mm-hmm. going to be the strong one to take it all down, though? So so I think I'll be invisible and let somebody else go do the hard work of, of dismantling once I get all the information <laughs> and bring it back to them. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like right. that. Tre- teamwork makes the dream work. Come yeah. on now. That's very, that's that's very we- Harriet Tubman. <laughs> It's very, fine. very, no, for, very. Real, for real, for real. I, I, I received that. I appreciate that. We know what we got to do to make it in this here see, world. See, <laughs> see, Natasha <laughs> understands that you got to be in certain places to get what you need for the, mm, hello? For the larger vision. That's that's mm. a, that's a strategist right there. I, I received mm. that right there. Mm, mm. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, Natasha, thank you so much for playing Force Fun with us. That was oh, good. That was good. I love it. Uh, can you um, talk to our listeners and tell them uh, any projects you got going on, mm-hmm. speaking events you got coming up, or mm-hmm. you know any ways that they can um, partner with you at Leadership Links, follow you on yeah. social media? This is your time to just plug away. All the things. Awesome. Um, oh, I could do that. So, um, <laughs> number one, so a question you all asked me was about mentoring. I actually started my uh, Sojourner's Truth podcast. Um, it's yes. on mm-hmm. iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, right? It's where, we can, where they can get it. And so um, this season, we're actually talking about mentoring. The whole season, we're talking about mentoring. And this is season two. And so we just did the first season um, talking about our stories. And so that's, mm-hmm. that season uh, featured all, all women of African descent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm 
excited about that. But um, so yeah, I, I would love for people to join the, the podcast to subscribe to that. Um, obviously, my new release, A Sojourner's Truth: Choosing mm-hmm. Freedom and Courage in a Divided World. You can get that online anywhere books are sold. Um, I've mm-hmm. just released that with Intervarsity Press. Um, yes. My first book on mentoring, Mentor for Life. You can get that online anywhere books are sold. Um, and that's about mentoring as intentional discipleship. Mm-hmm. So for people that's interested in digging into that more. Um, and but I also share a lot of leadership and mentoring lessons I've learned throughout my journey as well. And so um, that would be very a beneficial tool. So those are the resources. My website is Natasha S. Robinson.com. Natasha S is in Sistrunk, Robinson.com. And um, all of my events are listed there and all of my social media things are listed there. So you can find me most often on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting at the table with us, Natasha. Seriously, we we were honored to have you. Truly. Oh, I'm so glad to be here sipping tea with y'all. <laughs> Yes, you was pouring it, child. You was pouring it, pouring them teacups. You we were like, come on now. Receiving today. That's what we were here. <laughs> okay, we caught a few teacups. I'm like, yes, all right. That's good. <laughs> so thank you for sitting at the table with us, sis. And of course, to our sisters, we want to thank y'all for sitting at the table with mm-hmm. us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about our Black Girl Magic guest, Natasha Sistrunk yes, Robinson, please. using the hashtag TruthsTable. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TruthsTable or email us your thoughts at AskTruthsTable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player, TruthsTable has a Patreon account now so you can send us your love offerings to <laughs> www.patreon.com backslash truth table or you can also bless us um, at our PayPal which is paypal.me backslash truth table. Truth table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.